This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano here on 77 WABC. I hope you had a great weekend. Boy, the more that we learn about this congestion pricing plan, the worse that it looks. For starters, it's going to be expensive. I mean, essentially, it's a tax on just about everybody, a regressive tax, no less. And you might say, okay, we could deal with the tax if it would be effective. This shows that it's going to increase traffic congestion and increase pollution. Not in Manhattan, not in the congestion pricing zone, but it's going to increase traffic and increase pollution in places like where I live on Staten Island, but also in New Jersey and in Rockland County. And what are we saying? These communities don't count. These communities deserve to have more pollution and more traffic. To me, it's an incredibly ill-considered plan. And as we're hearing more of the details, labor leader John Samuelson yanked his name off of the congestion pricing recommendations that were issued by the Traffic Mobility Review Board, charging in a two-page resignation letter that the MTA has failed to meet the moment by not expanding express bus service prior to launching the vehicle tolling program. He's exactly right. What we're essentially saying is, if you live in an area that doesn't have a lot of mass transit, too bad. You live in an area, as I happen to, that you have to drive to get to work in midtown Manhattan, too bad. Not enough buses, not frequently enough train service, too bad. You got to pay anyway. And I thought he had a great quote in the newspaper, The City, where he said, I don't want to have my name on the report because I am concerned it will become a rubber stamp of the overall congestion pricing ethic and the overall congestion pricing ethic is flawed because they have refused to put new service out that's john samuelson who was a part of this traffic mobility review board appears to be quitting in protest he's also the head of the transport workers union he's exactly right and we need more people like john samuelson making transportation policy in this city and fewer people like governor Hochul doing so beam me up to be continued this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WBC. Local Spotlight. Good 
tomorrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Last weekend, I mentioned that it was our son's second birthday. We had a party for him, and there was sort of an after party of people that were lingering. And as I do every Saturday night, these people were treated to a rendition of Cousin Brucie's radio show, which airs every Saturday from 6 until 10. It's a terrific radio show. And I was really touched that last Saturday, he was kind enough, Cousin Brucey was, to mention my son's birthday. He also had some very nice things to say about me. You know, Frank Morano, who's on uh, these, this channel, he's on WABC all the time. Very great talent, really wonderful talent, talks to people and listens. That's the main thing. You, you talk to people, and the biggest thing you learn in this radio business is listen. Listen to what people have to say. That's the toughest thing. Frank listens. Anyway, Frank, I'm talking about his show right now, which I enjoy doing with him, but he has a son, Carmine. Carmine Moreno. Now, Carmine is two years old today. Hi, Carmine. It's your cousin, Brucey, and thank you so much for listening and tell your daddy and mommy we love them very much. I meant to mention that all week and thank him for doing that, and I didn't have a chance to do it publicly. I did thank him privately. Cousin Brucey is one of my all-time favorites. I've been listening to him since I was two years old, and to actually be listening to the radio while he gave such a nice tribute to both me and to my son, it was just really so special, and it really made our weekend, and it certainly was the cherry on top of Carmine's birthday. So thank you, Cousin Brucie. Uh, you know how I feel about you. I admire you tremendously as a radio talent, and thanks for remembering my son's birthday. There's only one Cousin Brucie, and to have him mention my name and my son's name in any fashion is a real honor. The man is a living legend. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. If you are a Con Ed customer, get ready to possibly have some problems this winter. Fascinating news coming out over the weekend. More than a million Con Ed customers came dangerously close to being left without heat for months. After last year's deadly winter storm, Elliot, triggered widespread power outages. And apparently, the worst may be yet to come. This is according to recent reports from top energy regulators. There was a joint investigation by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. And they found that Elliot was the fifth winter event in 11 years where blackouts threatened the electric grid. One of the problems was that the wells in the Marcellus and Utica shale formations, which hold large reserves of natural gas, were frozen at the height of the storm. And that slashed production by more than half in some instances. So the plunging natural gas supply significantly reduced the pressure in interstate pipelines that supply New York City via Con Ed. Con Edison was forced to limit the supply of gas to some customers and bring online a liquefied natural gas plant. Had it not taken those steps, regulators who wrote this report 
concluded that Con Edison could have faced an unprecedented loss of its entire system that in this worst case scenario might have taken months to restore. The outage would have left more than a million of the power company's customers in New York City and nearby areas without heat while the outside temperature was in the single digits for months. What's scary here is that they're predicting this is going to be a very rough winter. So where are things going to be this February? I don't see how they don't have the same problem. They urge Congress, the people that wrote this report, and state lawmakers to establish reliability rules for natural gas infrastructure covering cold weather preparedness, regional coordination, and critical infrastructure. It seems now that we were unprepared, or Con Ed was unprepared, and that uh, no changes have been made to get them more prepared. At least now they know how unprepared they were and are. Hopefully that makes a difference this winter. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I am no great fan of New York City controller Brad Lander. In fact, I think he's quite destructive and heaven help us if he ever becomes mayor of New York City. However, he just came out with an interesting report, which I do think has some merit and it backs up a lot of what I have been saying in these commentaries and my colleague Curtis Lewa has talked about a great deal. There is a tremendous lack of transparency which plagued the emergency procurement process that Mayor Eric Adams administration relied on to help shelter and support migrants. This is the report from city controller Brad Lander. The failure to disclose and include the information about subcontractors is really where overpayment and integrity and corruption risks exist. Lander had warned back in September that he may revoke Adams' emergency contract powers after the $432 million no-bid contract for DocGo, a very troubled vendor that subcontracted unlicensed security guards and was accused of mistreating the migrants. But the controller declined to comment when Politico New York asked if he had changed his thinking on the mayor, and obviously it's no secret that these two have a strained relationship. But for the report, Lander's office reviewed 292 new emergency contracts from January of 2022 to last September, including 74 for asylum seeker services totaling $1.4 billion. It's a lot of money here, or 80% of new emergency procurement dollars. City Hall credited its emergency contracting authority with enabling a response to the migrant crisis that has so far left no families with children forced to sleep on the streets. They're saying that the controller is tying our hands behind our back and it's unfair to both new arrivals and longtime New Yorkers. I'll tell you what's unfair. My wife and I are going to have to pay $6,100 for Universal 3K next year, something that was free until these budget cuts that were implemented to pay for these migrants. It's unfair that we have to suffer for a lack of city services in order for you to give them away to people that aren't even here legally. What's unfair is for you to give these multi-hundred million dollar no-bid contracts out to people, quite frankly, that appear to be very shady. So I'm glad that the controller is bringing an eye to this, and I'll be eager to see where this goes. Beam me up! To be continued. 